Strategic Living with Brian Holmes, episode number 46, The Power of Social Entrepreneurship, an interview with great visionary leader, Sam Castor. Hey, this is Cliff Ravenscraft from PodcastAnswerMan.com, and you are listening to the Strategic Living Podcast with my great friend, Brian Holmes, who is now going to take your thinking to the next level. Welcome to the program, everybody. Yes, my name is Brian Holmes, and you have found the Strategic Living Podcast, where we are all about transforming minds, developing leaders, awakening big dreams, activating destinies. Hey, we believe we can change nations. That's what we're talking about today, as a matter of fact. Changing the world through social entrepreneurship. Well, this program, we're all about seeing you healed, your mind renewed. We want to see you transformed. We want to see you become all that God's created you to be so that you can make a difference. I am super pumped about today's episode, everybody. Social entrepreneurship. Let's get started. Well, thank you so much for joining us today on the program. I am immensely excited about the content, about the interview, about introducing you to someone who I have known of for a very long time and someone that I have met on several occasions. In recent weeks, I have come to develop a bit of a relationship with this great leader, great visionary, great entrepreneur. And on today's program, we're going to be talking about something that is very, very near and dear to my heart. You say, what is that, Brian? You've got a lot of things that are dear to your heart. Yes, I will tell you that I have a special place in my heart for the nations. I've had the great privilege over the last 19, 20 years of traveling all over the world. I believe now it's 18 countries. And every nation that I visit and every people group that I meet, more and more embedded in my heart is this deep desire to make a difference, not only in my own space, but really around the world. There are Children, there are adults, there are individuals who have great destinies, great potential that simply need a hand up. They simply need someone that believes in them, someone that will identify the needs that are present and help them along the way so that they too might become all that God has created them to be. I believe with all of my heart that every man, every woman, every boy, every girl ever born to time is destined by the Creator to accomplish something significant, to be something significant. I don't believe that any life is wasted. I don't believe that God makes junk at all. In fact, every precious child around the world, God has crafted that child for something very special. The future of nations truly rests in the next generation, and I believe that we can make a deep, significant difference if we will but take the time to understand that the world is not what we westernized people necessarily believe it is. You've never traveled outside the country if you've never really gained that perspective. You've never really developed a global worldview and understood that there are so many people around the world that are not privileged, not 
as well to do. Not they don't have access to the same things that we have. You know, in our country, we complain if we don't get our fast food in time or in a timely manner. We we fuss if everything that we order or purchase is not exactly perfect. Yet we go places in this world where the children will take tape and plastic and little strings of cloth and they will work together their own homemade soccer ball so they can entertain themselves and have fun with their friends in the yard. Well, today on the program, I have a tremendous leader, someone that I've watched from a distance for a very long time. And in recent weeks, as I mentioned, I've had the privilege of getting to know him on a deeper level. And I don't know anyone more qualified to speak on entrepreneurship and pursuing a career or a business or a life purpose that really matters more than this person. But what you're going to hear today is about an emerging concept, something that is new to the scene, and that is this idea of social entrepreneurship. That is where we marry the idea of entrepreneurship and business and opportunity with social causes, things that will actually make a difference in the lives of people all over the world. So without further ado, I want to take you right now into an interview with Sam Castor. But before I do that, let me just give you a brief background on who Sam is. Sam is an inspiring, heartfelt speaker. He is a visionary social entrepreneur. He has dedicated literally his entire life to the global epidemic of malnutrition. In 1999, Sam co-founded Mana Relief Ministries, a nonprofit organization designed to help in the distribution of its whole food-based nutritional support products. By 2014, Manor Relief Ministries has distributed over 80 million daily servings of whole food nutrition to malnourished children in over 85 countries. That, ladies and gentlemen, is making a difference. Now Sam focuses much of his time cultivating new alliances with global relief and feeding organizations in order to reach the world's most vulnerable children through the EM Squared Project. This year, Sam has invited or was invited by former president of Mexico, Vincente Fox, to help put together and launch the EM Squared Project. This project is a global social enterprise designed to provide the most advanced, standardized whole food solutions to the epidemic of childhood malnutrition. This movement provides the opportunity for compassionate people anywhere in the world to participate in the rewarding new business model of social entrepreneurship while at the same time creating a sustainable funding mechanism for its donation program throughout the project. I tell you what, what you're about to hear, I believe, will impact you deeply. The need is great, and we have an opportunity to make a a real difference in the world. Let's go right now to my interview with Sam Castor. Sam, it's great to have you in the studio today. Thanks for joining us, man. Well, thank you. It's a great pleasure to be here. You are involved in some amazing things and have been for many years around the world, but there is a a new concept that seems to be emerging right now, that of social entrepreneurship. And I am so enamored by this, so excited about this. But before we really dive into that, tell us a little bit about you, about your history, about some of the things you've been doing with your company, Mana Relief, your foundation, and just give us a little bit of a backdrop about what you've been working on the last several years. Well, in uh, 
1997, my wife and I were uh, supporting orphanage organizations around the world financially. And uh, one of the organizations came to America, thanked people for our financial contributions. But at the end of the presentation, just said, you know, it's it's uh, heartbreaking to see the condition of our children. We don't have really good food and we don't have medicine and our kids are struggling, uh, you know, with quality of life issues. And, uh, you know, I had been in business in nutritional science and I had developed a lot of technologies around whole food extractions of various types of nutrients. Uh, so I believe that I could make a difference. And, uh, and so I introduced myself afterwards and said, I'd like to make a different kind of contribution. Uh, let me just give you our whole food extract technologies. It's the most advanced technology and nutritional support. I think it'll radically impact your kids. And, uh, so she did. And, uh, next year she came back with just an incredible report about how much better all the kids were doing. And, and, you know, at that point, my wife and I just thought, you know, this is really our ministry. This is the extension uh, of our business into a ministry uh, perspective that we could tie what we're good at doing to what we're passionate about doing, mm. which is meeting the needs of children. So we decided we need to sort of formalize that. So we started uh, a ministry called Manor Relief. And, uh, you know, it's just like a 501c3. I, I never had run a, a not-for-profit before, so I figured out real quick it's full-time begging, part-time work. <laughs> exactly. You know, because nothing happens in that industry without money, and that is a full-time job just doing fundraising. Uh, but, you know, it's the only thing that I knew to do. So we put uh, a ministry together. We started raising funds, and uh, we found a lot of people that, felt the way that we did about the plight of these children. And, and so we started nourishing children in Eastern Europe orig originally, it, which sort of started spreading around the world. One ministry knew another ministry, one orphanage organization knew another. And, you know, over the next 15 years, we probably went into 80 countries around the world. Wow. You know, almost 80 million daily servings of, of whole food nutrients have gone out of our organization. That is unbelievable. And I'm assuming in 80 countries, you're talking about probably most of the continents around the world you've been involved in at some level. Yeah, almost all of them. That's fantastic. Well, tell us a little bit about this piece. You just mentioned a moment ago that you figured out that there was a way to take what you were really good at mm -hmm. on the business side of things and combine that with what you were passionate about and merge those two together and if I understand correctly, that really is the the foundational piece of what we're calling social entrepreneurship. That really is taking your God-given purpose and your passions and the things that you really have an acumen for and finding a lane to run in, which I talk about that on this program quite a bit. But tell us how that happened for you and what began to uh, come to your mind, maybe some of the things that you discovered about social entrepreneurship that piqued your interest. Well, really the way it came to me is uh, out of a challenge that occurred to us like most not-for-profit organizations at the end of 2008, when the banking industry went through its meltdown, it caused a shift in the entire global economy. You know, that's when countries were filing bankruptcy. Uh, our country was trying to keep major businesses afloat. Every industry was hit by that economic turndown, but no industry as significant as the not-for-profit industry because the first thing to go was corporate giving, individual giving. Uh, over the next year, we lost about 
70% of our donor base. And uh, I mean, that's devastating to an organization. It's more devastating to the kids that were the oh, recipients man, yeah. of what we were doing. Uh, but you know, at that point, uh, my wife and I started praying that God would give us some revelation of a, of a more sustainable model for doing what we were passionate about doing. Uh, the answer to prayer came when somebody sent me an article from Harvard Business Review, and it was entitled, Can Entrepreneurs Save the World? And it was all about this revolutionary new model of doing business called social entrepreneurship. Uh, and just in a nutshell, it combines the technology base and cash flow of a for-profit company with the heart, the passion, and the mission of a not-for-profit organization in order to bring sustainable change to the world's biggest problems. So that, in a nutshell, is what the social entrepreneur model is. Harvard said a few things in this article. They said, number one, it will be the most compelling business model of the 21st century uh, because the whole world is looking at solving these kinds of problems through some sustainable model. And uh, they said to have any relevance in business at all in the 21st century, You've got to either be involved in it or collaborate or be connected to it somehow. When I read that article, I was just uh, overwhelmed with the possibilities. I-, I Googled social entrepreneurship. I bought every book I could find on it, and I became a very quick study on this whole model and decided that that really was the future of world-changing ideas. And here we were serving the needs of malnourished children around the world, It's the biggest problem that faces children in the world today. Responsible for up to one half of all deaths of children is connected to the issue of malnutrition. And uh, nobody's really doing anything that's sustainable to solve that problem. So this seemed like the perfect model to plug into to achieve what we wanted to do with our lives to fulfill the destiny that we felt called to. So what I'm hearing you say as it relates to social entrepreneurship, it is the combining of a cause, a social cause, something that is a a desperate need in the world where people can actually focus their attention, their energies on making a massive difference in a particular area. But at the same time, those people who are involved in that cause can actually make a business out of that, can actually uh, make money, can actually grow something that is significant that benefits them as well. Am I understanding that correctly? Yeah, there's there's different models of social entrepreneurship. Some are focused on financial opportunity. Uh, some are focused on uh, just pure technology opportunities. Uh, some combine both together. Uh, sort of the, the poster child for social entrepreneurship where this whole movement came out of was a man named Mohammed Yunus in Bangladesh. And uh, he was a college professor realizing that Poverty was the number one issue facing the people in his country. And it didn't make much sense to send people out of college with no opportunity whatsoever to make a living. And he just believed that if people were given the opportunity to work themselves out of their hopelessness and despair, that they would choose to do that. So uh, he started loaning money to people and putting them into businesses. Okay. And uh, people started... uh, succeeding, paying him back. He started making more loans. Pretty soon this started getting out of hand. He went to the banking industry and he said, hey, listen, here's here's a great idea. How about something that he named microfinance, putting small loans to people to put them into business. And of course, the banks kind of rejected the idea. These were people that didn't have jobs, didn't have credit. 
didn't have any credit history, had no capacity to run a business in their opinion. So they said, no, that's a ludicrous idea. So Mohammed Yunus had to start his own bank. It was called the Grameen Bank. And uh, his whole focus was investing in people. And you know, what's really interesting is that 97% of all the loans that have ever been made through the Grameen Bank have been paid back with interest. And here's sort of the flip to it, though, is that it's a for-profit entity. This is not a charity. And he takes all the profits that are generated, just like any other bank, from that loan instrument and reinvested it back into more people and kept exponentially growing the business of microfinance. And so you use a for-profit entity to bring a solution to a sort of a mission-oriented entity like the Grameen Bank. So that's one example of, of how putting people into business and allowing people to make a living, you know, is connected to social enterprise. Sort of on the other end of the spectrum is kind of the Tom Shoe model. Oh, you yeah. know, here's sure. uh, Blake Mikowski went to South America and saw that kids were being denied an education for the simple reason they didn't own a pair of shoes. You know, the rule is you have to wear your shoes to school. And uh, so he said, well, gosh, somebody ought to fix that problem. But, you know, when he came back to America, evidently, nobody was really donating many shoes. You know, that didn't seem to be a big priority. So he started his own shoe company. And he first made the shoes himself and sold them on the Internet, you know. And every time you buy a pair of shoes, he would donate a pair of shoes. So there wasn't really a financial opportunity for people in that. But there was an opportunity to make a difference in the world. Today, uh, Tom Shoes is just an, an incredible success story in this new model of social entrepreneurship. Only retailers make the profit. Okay. So, you know, retailers sell a Tom Shoe at a standard retail markup, uh, take all the wholesale markups, all the retail markups, make their standard profit. But the manufacturer, you know, Tom Shoes, donates a pair out of their profit every time a pair gets sold. So, uh, you know, retailers now are involved in social entrepreneurship from a standpoint of selling a product that is linked to a mission-oriented cause like Tom Shoes. So all that we did in our model is we decided to combine both together. So we provide both a financial opportunity and through that financial opportunity, the ability to really change the lives of the world's most vulnerable children. Fantastic explanation. Now, what I'd love to hear about, because it brings us to a major point in this this time together, EM Squared, the company you've just launched and you're uh, bringing to the marketplace, has taken this model you've been describing and really applied it to, quite honestly, what you've always been doing, which is feeding children and helping to nourish them. But you've taken on the mission of eradicating and eliminating malnutrition around the world, but put it in a business model that allows people to come alongside, help that cause, but make a business out of it. How did you come to discover that this was the direction you wanted to go? At what point did you uh, connect with the right people, the right situations to, I guess, spawn this idea? Well, you know, I, I I have distribution partners all over the world for my manor relief organization. And uh, so we access the technology. Uh, we ship it to a more regional entity. In some areas of the world, it's a large church like in Guatemala. Uh, in some, it's a relief organization like in Africa. Uh, and they take our product and redistribute it 
you know, to feeding centers or orphanages in, in that region of the world. My partner in um, a distribution partner for Manor Relief in Mexico was former president of Mexico, Vicente Fox, and his wife, Marta. And they have a foundation called Vamos Mexico, which cares for the needs of the underprivileged children in their country. And uh, so they've been distributing product through Manor Relief with me for over five years. Uh, last year, I was down in Mexico, and I was talking with President Fox, and I asked him, are you familiar with this concept of social entrepreneurship? Because I was just enamored with it. I wanted to find some way of connecting to that for a more sustainable funding model. And he said, yes, I'm very familiar with it. He said, I think in the 21st century, it's, it's really the only thing that makes sense. He said, governments can't take on these, these types of projects. They're, they're going broke. They're too inefficient, too ineffective, in many cases, too corrupt, you know, to care for the needs of the, of the most challenged people in the world, uh, whether it's nutrition or clean water or education or whatever it is. And he said, uh, you know, big business is, is too focused on their bottom lines and, and they don't allow the margins to account for this. It's not that there's not corporate giving going on. The corporate giving is not going to meet the needs of millions of people. Right. And he said, and of course, the, the charity model is, in my opinion, compromised for good. He said, that we didn't go through a glitch in the economy. We went through a shift. And in the 21st century, the charity model will not provide sustainability to global issues. So he said, listen, I'm excited about social entrepreneurship. A good friend of mine is Mohammed Yunus. Uh, I'm, I'm going to host a conference here this summer uh, in Mexico, and I'm going to bring six to 700 people together, start collaborations on ideas that could change the world using this model. And I'm going to invite Mohammed Yunus to sort of be the guest speaker and, and inspire people to greatness, you know, using this model. And so uh, he asked me to come down to the conference, and I did. Muhammad Yunus was the speaker, and he was inspirational. But he told a very unique story that, that really triggered the whole movement of EM Squared. He said, you know, there's a misconception about microfinance. People thought we just gave people $20, $25 and told them to go start a business. He said that would have been ludicrous. Most of these people never even had a job before, much less run a business. So we had to create the businesses to put them into. He said the first true social business that we created was designed to attack malnutrition in the children of our country. Mm. Over 50% of the kids were malnourished. That is the number one reason they get robbed of their destinies. And uh, we wanted to bring change to that issue. So we did a collaboration with Grameen Bank and Dan and Yogurt. They agreed to build a factory, make these little yogurt cups that could be enriched with vitamins, make no profit on it. Once they got their investment back, then, uh, you know, then we could sell them for whatever we wanted. He said that gave us the margin to meet the financial needs of the poorest of the poor. And so we took these little yogurt cups and we put them in retail stores. He said, you know, not really much happened. And he said, I came to realize that the retailers didn't share the passion that I had for solving this problem to them. It was another commodity, you know, it was next to popsicles on the aisle behind diapers or whatever. <laughs> and he said, there's nothing in that that leads them to champion our cause. So he said, so then we took on a different strategy. We went into the villages and we enlisted our village mom 
organizations. And uh, we compensated them for telling other village moms about the problems that malnutrition would cause in the lives of their children and offer them the simple economic solution that we had created. And he said, and it just exploded. Within a year where we had a good proliferation of village moms, we estimated that 40 to 50% of the kids in those villages were eating our yogurt cuts. Mm. So he said, so here's, here's the takeaway from this, people, is talking to all of us. He said, you can't change status quo in a passive manner. You know, uh, you have to enlist the people that have the most to gain from your solution. And he said, if you will financially incentivize them, then you can drive your missions to the ends of the earth. So after the conference, um, President Fox brought myself and Mohammed Yunus together, and he said, I love your story. You know, Sam and I are working on malnutrition here. Uh, I would like to start a project that could link village moms all over the world, Mm. not just one region of the world. And technology allows us to do that today. So what if we could link village moms uh, and do a little bit different model? You know, there's a whole movement around whole food technologies in the world today. Uh, There's people have a passion for, for eating whole foods instead of processed foods. It's sort of becoming commonplace in, in the world that we know these things. And he said, what if we could sell a product of, of great value to consumers in developed world nations and then make a donation of that exact same quality of product to the world's most vulnerable people, children, who obviously don't have anybody to buy it for them and link village moms or compassionate people around the world together for that cause. That is actually where the EM Square project was birthed that day. And, of course, it took us months and months of collaborating and talking and identifying different players that would be needed to fulfill that mission. Uh, But that's where it started. It came out of that meeting that day. I love that story. I've heard it a couple of times now, and that just – uh, it's amazing how when you get a couple of out-of-the-box thinkers in a room and just begin to think about the possibilities, what can emerge and what can happen, and literally an idea can change the world. In fact, all massive transformations ever taken place around the world came from an idea, which you and I both know comes from God. But uh, it's just a very powerful thing to hear how that just uh, converged in that moment, and out of that comes EM Squared. So tell us about EM Squared. What's its mission? How are you going to go about with EM Squared changing the world? What is the model? Well, you know, in Inc. Magazine did a story on social entrepreneurship. It was a practical guide to the model. And uh, this was in 2011. It was their cover story of their magazine that month. I think it was November 2011. And they said, you know, the model works best when, number one, the product being sold is the trigger for social change. Number two, when there is a legitimate demand in the marketplace for that product. So you you can't isolate yourself into a charity model thinking when you're thinking about social entrepreneurship. You have to incorporate all the market forces that exist out there. And so what we looked at is uh, using whole food-based technology to create a, a product that people could consume. And, you know, in the world today, the delivery system for nutrition, uh, especially when you're talking about kids, which is half of our equation, uh, 
uh, the best two delivery systems are a bar or a spread. A spread is like a peanut butter paste. And you can load those with the vitamins and the minerals and the proteins and the fats that are necessary to adequately nourish a child for an entire day. Uh, but at the same time, that's the exact same nutrition that people are looking for, you know, all over the planet. So our goal was, first of all, to develop a product that we could sell into the marketplace with, with value in uh, a unique selling proposition. So our unique selling proposition is that you can get a whole food bar by going to Whole Foods or Sprouts or anybody that sells whole food-based bars. What we do in addition to that is we standardize the vitamin, mineral, protein content in that bar from whole food sources. Most of the time, standardization of vitamins and minerals comes from synthetically made and enriched Mm. vitamins and minerals. I mean, that's the food industry. All enrichment is done with synthetically made vitamins. And there's just been too many studies over the last 20 years that show that vitamins made from petroleum, which is how they make a synthetic vitamin, minerals that are just dug up from the ground or byproducts of chemical synthesis don't get absorbed and utilized in the human body the same way that those that come from food do. So our uniqueness in the marketplace is not only do we provide a whole food bar, but we provide food source nutrients at standardized nutritionally effective levels, which makes it the most nutritionally dense whole food product in the market. So our goal is to deliver that to consumers worldwide. Uh, President Fox was insistent that we create a model that not only provide that to the marketplace, but provide that same exact quality product to a child in need. And that's a major shift from the traditional charity model because the relief agencies typically buy the most inexpensive food commodities in the marketplace, synthetically enrich them because, again, that's the cheapest way to standardize a level of nutrition and provide that to hungry people around the world. And President Fox says if we do this right and we run the right model and we get the right manufacturing partners, we should be able to deliver to a child that same quality that we are selling to a consumer. Mm -hmm. And uh, so that's how we built the model. So, you know, our, our proposition to the marketplace is number one, every time that you buy one of these, a box of these whole food bars, we will at the same time provide that exact same amount, a box, a 30 day supply to a child in need. You know, we put it all online so that people could even download our, our portal, our web app onto a cell phone so that people all over the world could participate. And uh, people have really two choices. They can uh, just simply be a consumer, buy the bar, and then children get fed, or they can help champion our cause by becoming what we call an ambassador. And all that means is that you subscribe to our portal uh, entry into the EM Square project, and you can then start connecting other consumers or other ambassadors into the project and help us proliferate this message worldwide. Outstanding. You mentioned President Fox several times. What does it mean to have someone of that caliber, of that notoriety involved, and and what kinds of contributions uh, is he making right now to this project? How do you see his role? Well, I mean, first and foremost, having a world leader uh, from one of the world's largest economies tells the world that this is a serious project. Sure. Uh, I mean, it's serious for me, but no one knows who I am. 
President Fox obviously has a platform to speak from. Yes. Uh, the second thing is he has a tremendous amount of influence. And uh, when we were talking about how the model would work best, in order to produce a quality product that is sold at competitive retail pricing. So, you know, when we were talking with Eunice, he said, you can't sell something that retails for two fifty for $5 just so you can make a donation because then people will see it as a charity. Mm-hmm. You have to be competitive with true retailing. So he said in order to do that, to, to make a bar, sell it at standard retail markup and donate one of equal value and then pay a network of village moms, you're going to need a manufacturing partner like we found with Dan and yogurt, someone who's willing to join the cause and not make their standard wholesale markups because you won't be able to do the margins. And president Fox said, I know just the guy, you know, I mean, he, again, he's connected with people all over, of course, Mexico and all over the world. But he said, one of the largest food manufacturers in Mexico has a heart to serve the poor. He's created his own foundation Started a food bank. It's become one of the largest in Latin America, if not the largest, feeding over 100,000 people a day. Wow. And he said, this guy is going to be, he will fall in love with this project. And he said, he's coming to the banquet tonight. So I think Marta has you sitting next to him. And so I met Hector that night. Uh, and Hector, just as they predicted, fell in love with the project. He said, you mean I could be a part of uh, of a project to truly meet the needs of the world's most vulnerable children? Yeah, count me in. He said, I'll, I'll manufacture bars out of my foundation. I won't charge a profit on it. Uh, he said, I'm going to have to get some bar-making equipment because I don't make bars. I make everything else. In the meantime, I'll find somebody to work with us, and we'll just make this a project, and we'll do this worldwide. You know, so that's the type of influence that President Fox brings to the table. But, you know, I don't think... We've even tapped into a small portion of that influence because we just started the project two weeks ago. Right. You know, I mean, world leaders from around the world who are looking at the best way of solving the needs of, of their children, he has easy access into those regions of the world. And so I see more collaboration coming for the project simply through the contacts that are generated by somebody who has such an outreach capacity as President Fox. You sat down recently with President Fox and did a, an interview, and I, I just pulled a clip of that. And I'd like to share that with our audience so they can hear his heart, hear he and his wife both speak about their passion to really touch the world with this project. So let's listen to President Fox and Miss Marta Fox right now. Uh, this great thing of uh, social entrepreneurship is something that we decided to take as our own in Central Fox. We're dedicating part of our efforts to this and making sure that we spread the news that today you can make profit, but at the same time, you can do good things for others. It's good to have profits. It's the return the stockholders want, but it's much better to have happiness when you're helping others when you're bringing opportunities to kids, when you're bringing food and nutrition to kids. If they couldn't have a proper nutrition, they couldn't be able to learn, to feel, to be here, to have a different vision, to have a different hope. So to give the opportunity, to give the food, to give the good nutrition, 
This is all together what we have to put President Fox and I, and you, Sam, you with this great organization, to be able to push our children, not only here in this small but big community, not only here in this Centro Fox, not only with Vamos Mexico, with all over the world. Mm -hmm. We need to push this all over the world because children deserve all our effort, all our love. Well, the change is incredible. Once you see a kid with uh, enough food in his stomach, enough nutrition and protein, his whole behavior in the school is absolutely uh, changed. Uh, to make sports, to play, to learn, to be active in the school, it's indispensable. Uh, only those who are in that situation understand the problem and suffer the consequences. So please, all of us, be aware that we can do a change for them, that they are expecting that change, and that later on they will become successful citizens that will carry on with building this better world we all need in this 21st century. You know, Sam, right now you guys are focusing as a pilot program and launching this in Mexico, but I know your plans are to reach nations all over the world as you have with Man of Relief over the years. What does that look like? How does that, how does that sort of parlay out over the next several months and years as you spread this around the world? Well, of course, our, as you said, our first commitment is to Vamos Mexico. Uh, this is to honor both Marta Fox and the president for all of their efforts in helping us put this project together. Uh, he served as the chairman of the project committee that we, that we created uh, around EM Squared, and, and they've just done an amazing job. And, of course, their passion is to meet the needs of the kids in Mexico as well as around the world, but, you know, that's where they live. And this is what I found, Brian, is that people all over the world want to be a part of a world-changing organization, particularly if, it, if it's improving the, the lives of children. But everybody's concerned about the children in their country. Sure. And they should be. And it's just like selling a bar in America. You don't have to go in the 21st century to some foreign underdeveloped nation to find a malnourished child. Mm -hmm. You know, just look across the table, exactly. look down the street, go to the local school. I mean, there's an epidemic of malnutrition in every country of the world now. And it's because our diets and our food choices have so radically changed over the last 50 years. I read an article just the other day that said the new face of malnutrition in the world is childhood obesity. Mm. You know, you think of malnutrition in the perspective of starvation, but it's not. Mm -hmm. You know, kids that are starving get too little of the right kind of food. Kids that are obese get too much of the wrong kind of food. Right. But both of them will suffer the same long-term consequences of not having enough nourishment to properly keep them healthy. And so, uh, you know, our goal is to find distribution partners in countries all over the world. Uh, I've got a great distribution partner that we're working with in Canada right now that is going to help us meet the needs of the most vulnerable children in Canada. Uh, there's organizations in the U.S., you know, that are focused on, on the poor. Uh, in Europe, in Asia. And, of course, I've created and developed relationships with distribution partners all over the world. So getting product into countries is not my challenge, you know, because I have those relationships. Creating enough business that would link millions of consumers 
to the needs of millions of children is really what we're focused on. Mm-hmm. Distribution is going to be the easiest thing for us to accomplish. I heard you recently state a very specific goal that you all have set in this first phase for EM Squared as far as how many children you want to reach and how you're going to go about that. Can you share that with us? Well, you know, I think we all we all realize that when you read the statistics out there, 10 million kids die of malnutrition. You know, every six seconds, a child under the age of five dies of malnutrition, uh, that there's an urgency to this situation. Uh, and, you know, whether it's 6 million, 10 million, 20 million, our goal is to link millions of consumers with the needs of millions of children. Uh, and, and that's just the most extreme acute forms. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, hundreds of millions of children will be robbed of their destinies. Yeah. You know, the malnutrition uh, stunts their growth. It takes away their uh, their IQ. You actually lose IQ for good when they're malnourished at a, at a young age. It, it, it inhibits their ability to learn. And so it's a devastating impact uh, on the productivity of a person for the rest of their life. And so listen, you can, you can start anywhere, you know, in, in the world and say, this is where we start. We, right. we want to get to the world's most vulnerable, but listen, we got a lot to do here in America. We got a lot to do in uh, Canada and Mexico, South America, the whole world is in need of what we're providing. So millions of consumers, you know, tied to the needs of millions of children. And, uh, you know, President Fox is very optimistic. He thinks there's no reason why we can't eradicate malnutrition in our time, you know, by providing a model and a vehicle that allows anybody in the world to tap in to the world-changing idea that we've created. So those that are listening to this program right now, they're hearing this, and I, I don't know of any human being that has a real heart that would not be touched by such a massive need. There's not probably anybody who hasn't seen a late-night television infomercial uh, for one of the major nonprofit companies reaching, you know, feed a child, sponsor a child, and those types of things move all of us. This provides us a means and a mechanism to get involved on a very practical level, not just as consumers, but someone who can actually mobilize, as the Village Moms did, and take this message, but also take a real solution to these kids all over the world. So in a very practical way, those that are listening to this program, how can someone get involved? What are the steps that someone must take to get involved in this project? Uh, It's real simple. Just uh, be connected to the project by somebody that's involved. And that's as simple as returning a phone call, returning a text, returning an email that somebody in EM Squared that's involved in our project sends out. They say, please join us in our effort of eradicating malnutrition. You know, not everybody wants to do the village mom program of proliferating the message, but everybody can play a part by just simply nourishing yourself with the most nutritionally dense food product that I think exists in the world today, and at the same time allowing us to provide a child in need that same quality of product. Well, I want to ask you to wrap up this time together just by making an appeal. What is your heart? What do you want to say to those that are listening to this who might be considering as an opportunity or might just say, hey, I want to be a part of it? What would be your appeal to them? Well, the first thing I want to do is let everybody know that this is a paradigm shift. Mm -hmm. You know, this is not standard business. This is not charity. You know, this is social entrepreneurship. 
And you have to get your arms around that because otherwise you'll be too conflicted with the model itself. Right. And uh, I think some people, you know, have come up with the question, is it right to make money by meeting the needs of children? Let me tell you, in the 21st century, there's not a better way to do it. Yeah. You know, than use market forces to drive a campaign for sustainability. So number one, get your head around what this truly is. Uh, And if you do, join us in this mission, in this project. Uh, It's going to be, I think, the most rewarding thing that people will have ever done with their lives, to be a part of something that brings such value into the lives of everybody that's touched. You know, it's one thing to impact somebody's quality of life through the absolute best whole food nutrition, but at the same time bring them a purpose that people are struggling to find in today's world. You know, how can I do something that makes a difference? I don't want to, and, and, and by the way, in social entrepreneurship, when I was uh, connecting with Harvard Business School on this project, they said it's the number one curriculum demanded in business schools all over the world. Wow. Because young people more than ever before want their life's work to equate to more than just making money. Wow. And that's the ability that a vehicle like this brings every person in the world, the ability to make a difference and do well by doing good. You know, Sam, I propagate a message myself that I believe every man, every woman, every child born to time is predestined by God with a great purpose. I believe God in his infinite wisdom and power and scope determines ahead of time what a child can do, what they can be, uh, what they can accomplish, how many lives they can impact. And you're talking about touching children. It is my experience that most destinies are interrupted or interfered with early in life. No matter what the trauma, no matter what the issue, be it malnutrition or sexual abuse or you know uh, the death of a loved one, whatever it may be, most times if you can somehow heal and address the the childhood need, you can make a massive difference. And who knows, but what, one of those kids may be the president of Mexico one day or the president of, of Zimbabwe one day or the president of the United States one day. And our involvement, our ability to engage in this project could literally, could quite literally make that kind of a difference that not only affects a child's health, but could affect the destiny of an entire nation someday. So I believe in this, and I'm so grateful uh, that we've connected along this line, and I'm committed to helping you to put this out there. So thank you for being with us today, and thank you for uh, sharing your heart. Thank you for being an example of what the kingdom of God looks like in the earth, and we really appreciate that. Thanks for being here today. Thank you. I trust that this information today that you've heard from Sam Castor has moved you. If nothing else, made you aware there's a great need in our world for leaders and movers who will step up to the plate and really take the challenge to make a difference in someone's life somewhere else in the world. I don't know about you, but I'm I'm moved very deeply at the scope of the need, of course, But I'm also deeply encouraged at the opportunity, the tools, and the model that's been presented to us 
It's given me faith that we can make a massive difference in our world, and I'm so excited about that. Well, let me just share with you that brianholmes.com and all of those entities that are a part of that, Brian Holmes Ministries, the Strategic Living Institute, we're pleased to announce that we're partnering with EM Squared in this cause. I really believe that this project is worthy of our attention. To say it even better, I believe that we have a responsibility to take what we've been given and share it with the world. I, I just feel as though that this is something that God's put in my lap. And I feel pretty strongly that we're supposed to make this a very primary focus of our global mission as an organization. And I would love to invite you to join us in this project. Help us feed some children. Help us reach out and change lives. Help us impact the destiny of a little boy or a little girl somewhere in the world who has such a bright future if we would but touch them in this area of their life by providing them the nutrition they need, giving them the strength and the, 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 the power and the ability, the impetus to grow up and be all God has made them to be. Join us. For more information on how you can become involved and how you can really make a difference in the life of these precious kids around the world, go to our show notes, brianholmes.com forward slash 046. Scroll down where you see the EM squared logo. Click on that image and you'll be directed to our EM Squared affiliate page. If you'd like to talk to us about this opportunity or speak with someone who can help you understand more of what that opportunity is, reach out to us at brianholmes.com forward slash contact dash us. That's contact hyphen us. And we'll be happy to talk to you about that as well. I really believe that this is the kind of thing that's going to change the world in the next 10 to 15 years where people are being raised up at grassroots levels to recognize needs, to create solutions, and then to go out into the world and multiply our efforts and make a difference. I'd so love for you to be a part of this with us. Well, as we wrap up today's episode, let me just remind you of a couple of things. We have our DFW Mastermind Group that is getting closer and closer to being launched here in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, and we're excited about that. If you have an interest in joining us as a part of that mastermind, there will be an application process, but you can go to the show notes. There'll be a link there in the announcements section of the show notes for this episode, and you can contact us regarding your interest in becoming a part of that group. Also, if you are looking for a life coach, an executive coach, someone who can come alongside and help you to move from the level that you've been on to the next place that God has for you and really achieve a new level of operation, new level of success and blessing in your life, I would love the opportunity to talk to you about possibly becoming your coach. I have a couple of openings right now, and uh, those probably won't be there very long, but if you'd like to contact us, please do so. We'd be happy to spend some time with you on the phone and share with you some ideas about how you might move forward in a very productive and a very satisfying way. Last announcement would be this. I'd like to offer this opportunity to those who host events. If it's a church conference, maybe it's a leadership event or leadership summit of some kind, or maybe you're just hosting uh, a mastermind group that you need a guest speaker at. I would love to come 
pour out of myself and share with you the things that I believe God's put in me to share. We'd love to serve you in that capacity. If you'd like more information about us speaking for you, please go to brianholmes.com forward slash speaking to find out more about that. Have a quick favor to ask of you. If you enjoy this program, if you receive benefit from it, if you are being blessed by what we're providing to you each week, I would like to ask you to do a couple of things for us that would help us greatly in expanding our reach and touching more people's lives with this message of hope, message of healing, message of development. Subscribe to our podcast. That puts you in direct contact with what we're doing here. Also, share this with your friends, your associates on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Google+, and wherever else you might be engaged in social media. Leave your comments for us in each episode. Engage with us in conversation, either on Facebook, on Google+, wherever it is you converse with us, we invite you to do that as well. Uh, Something else, if you would rate our podcast in iTunes and or leave a review for us, that drives up our recognition in iTunes so that more people can find out about what we're doing here at the Strategic Living Podcast. We would so appreciate you doing that. That just about wraps it up for today's episode. I trust that you are moved to action. It's not enough to have knowledge. It's not enough to be exposed to great information. Nothing's going to change until something changes in you, and that requires that you initiate the change. Well, go out and become all God has called you to be. You're made in His image. You're designed for a tremendous purpose. You really are destined for greatness. I believe the entire world is waiting for you to show up in your place of assignment where you can have the greatest impact. And you will. I really believe you will. Until next time, we say God bless you. We love you. Take care, everyone. We'll see you back here next week.